You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Matt, the vocals of Cryptopsy, and you're listening to my podcast, Vox and Hops, where I normally sit down with fellow metal musicians and talk about their lives, music, and craft beer. But on this week's Vox and Hops, I'm sitting down with a fellow craft beer podcaster. Uh, when I started doing Vox and Hops up here in Montreal, which is where I'm from, I started scouring the local scene to see who else was doing a beer podcast up here, and I kept seeing this this guy, the B-A-O-S, the Bows, which is what I thought it was at the time, podcast. Turns out it's beer and other shit, which is funny and makes sense. And uh, it happens to be uh, Craig Thorne who runs this, who is actually a hip-hop artist, which has... Uh, you know, the least amount of things in common with me and metal, but we do get along on craft beer. So here it is. Here's my chat. Fox and Hops episode number 65 with Craig Thorne from the Beer and Other Shit, the BAOS podcast. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. What's up, everybody? Today I'm in Montreal at Pub Brewski or Brewski Brasserie Artisanale, and I'm with Craig Thorne, the host of the BAOS podcast. Yes, sir. I always called it the Bowels podcast. That works too. Okay, what, what, so, what does BAOS stand it's for? It's beer and other shit. Oh, okay. Yeah, there yeah. you go. That it's, makes sense. But it was, yeah, long, I'll tell you the story if you like. It's a long thing, but yeah, it's a nice, clean way of uh, advertising ourselves. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. I'm happy to have Good. you. Um, I've been following you on Facebook. You are the first non-metalhead <laughs> on Vox and Hops. Nice. I um, am in awe of all the stuff that you've been doing. You have this. You have many, many things that you do on the BAOS podcast. I'd love to hear your story. How did you get caught up into this crazy world of craft beer, of podcasting? Where did it all begin? For sure. Shall we? Cheers. Yes. 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 So the beer that we have here is uh, conveniently here. Brewski, they had the uh, collaboration that we did with L'Espace Public called Bière de Vacances. It's a 4.5% uh, creamsicle sour um, with uh, orange puree. This is like the, we did it for the first time last year for Mondial with actual marmalade. Like we made a reduction with oranges and limes and stuff. And then this one was down at Oshlag for the cans. It's the first canned version and I'm uh, super happy with it. That's super, super cool. Get in ya. Cheers. Cheers. Nice. <laughs> I love this man. He did such a good job. It tastes like a creamsicle, like an orange, or right? like a Stewart's orange pop. Ooh, yeah. Which which is a bit more this sour, thing. a bit more sour, a little bit more. The um, ver they did a version at the brew pub recently. There was six point five percent. They just like dialed it up, dude. It was so sick. I wish they canned that one because for me it was just like it was way. Uh, like more opaque it would kind of look like just or pulpy orange juice it was crazy but they wanted something that actually tasted like beer so this tastes like orange flavored beer that's correct that's correct how, how does a beer like this come into uh, creation how involved were you in the idea of making it so we were involved with this because we did a podcast with uh, Le Spas Public I want to say it was January last year uh, those guys are wild super cool super crazy um, and uh, we drunkenly mentioned it but not everyone's serious it's come up a bunch of times and doesn't always come to like yeah man we should do a collab whatever right and um he was that he followed up because i guess we really got along he's a musician as well he's in like a reggae band he's a singer kind of raps as well he's such, you, you guys will get along so well he's such a legend he um so he hit us up and i brought my my co-host who sort of isn't really co-hosting as much anymore he's kind of backed away a bit but he's you know if he's around he'll jump on 
So he was in town for it. We went down and had like a meeting with him. And we were like, well, let's bust do sours a lot. And they have that, they have a series of like bold single color cans called Bière de, like Bière that de Balcon, blah, yep, blah, blah. Yep. So he was like, I want to, this was, I guess the first time around, it was supposed to be just a one-off for Mondial, the festival in, um, I think last year was May or June or something like that. It's normally yep. in between the two of them. Something like that. Yeah. So Scott, my co-host, was like, let's do something with marmalade. And I was like, all right. So then we came up with that, uh, that it was a marmalade sour with lactose, because that's like my shit with the team lactose nonsense. And um, <laughs> and uh, what's it called? Uh, Mandarin and Bavaria hops, because they have a, a strong orange forward flavor. Yes, yes. So we came with the recipe together. Uh, we did the Rude, uh, like at the pub. I think they have 600 liter fermenters. So we did that and we had a nice little launch party. Now that beer, I didn't love that version as much because we drank way too much at the um, the launch party. And it was one of them things where they had those like old school British pints and like I'd get halfway and they'd take it off me and just fill it Top up. Top it up every so time. So I didn't know how, many how, how much I had, which I, is not wise for anybody. Drink responsibly. And um, that was the first night of Mondial. So it was kind of like the pre-Mondial launch party as well for the beer. And I had all these podcasts set up that week. It was just horrendous. I was struggling so hard. So that version was a little tainted for me. And then we did a a blackberry, blueberry variant in February this year. That's the one that I saw since I've been following the podcast. You saw that one. Okay. I didn't love that one. That one uh, had a yeast called uh, Sour Power from Dunham. Max at Dunham came up with that one. Um, And it had this Brett in it. And the Brett didn't work so well for this style. Um, And I wanted to... I was like, yo, let's do more lactose, you know? And um, so it was a little too sweet, a little too whatever. So then we're like, all right, what do we want to do? They wanted to can it. They came to us wanting to can. It was only our second can collab. So I was pretty excited to have the brand kind of, you know, on a can again. Um, and we decided on this one. We polled the staff and everyone picked this variant. And when they did that version I just mentioned at the brew pub and the Oshlag one, which, of course, we went had nothing to do with because you're not allowed to unless you work there. Um, they weren't allowed to make a uh, marmalade reduction there for probably because I don't have a food license. Um, I understand, yeah. So then they just used the orange puree, the Oregon stuff, the aseptic one, and um, chucked that in. But uh, I'm super happy with it. I'm not sure if this is the second or the first batch, though. It's, it tastes really fresh. Is this the s- same that you can recall as the one you said earlier you had a can? It might have been drank in the late at night. <laughs> you know what? Well, you have another can, so you can tell me um, how you feel. I reckon it's not that sweet. I think this might still be the first batch. It's pretty sour, this. Yeah, it's, it's like nice and crushable there. Oh, it's it's very drinkable. Yeah, yeah. I'm quite happy with it. So it's good. It's very perfect. Let's go right back now. to the yes. how you got into how craft beer became a big part of your life. Let's start with that. Cool. Uh, I am from Melbourne, Australia, as people could probably tell. Uh, I moved to Canada in September 2010. Uh, we do hip-hop music, so this is why I'm super interested to connect with you as well and have you on BOS because it doesn't happen every day that there's sort of... Normally, I don't get to talk to many musicians on this thing. It's super cool. Um, And you're clearly uh, leagues above where we are because you're touring the damn world. So it's amazing. Um, I definitely want to pick your brain on that. Uh, so we, I got here and we moved here for music. We had a small record deal in the States, like a little distro deal. Um, we, my friends in Australia start January 1st, 2011, started this thing called 365 days of beer. So the idea was, <laughs> and afterwards we'll have another beer that I haven't had. So I'll get you in a photo. You take a selfie with the beer 
either in a labelled pint glass or with the can or bottle, which I don't really do anymore, but wherever I can. Um, number it and then I wrote a little review and the idea wasn't one beer per day but to get 365 in a year and of course I didn't know Jack I drank uh, lagers from across the world macro lagers so I thought I was pretty worldly at the time so I was like well there's not 300 beers so there's not 300 countries and it can't be really more than one or two beers per country so surprise it's not gonna happen right yeah exactly so seven months later I finished it and I was like yo okay and it forced me to drink I'm a little OCD a bit, so I like the number side of it to just like collecting, I guess. So it made me keep going, keep going, keep going. So I ended up just trying beers that I normally wouldn't look into. And I discovered all these crazy flavors and all these interesting styles and did the typical, you know, move from lagers to like ambers to porters and stouts and then the IPAs and English and American and all this stuff. This was 20, yeah, 2011. So it was like a nice discovery period. Kept doing it, became the default beer guy after with the numbers and stuff because most people don't do that. I guess I'm publicly put it out there. I mean, I guess in the way I did it. And you were publishing it on Instagram? Oh, initially, no, actually. It was on um, Facebook and Tumblr. Okay. And that's where I came. And I had, it was just like my, like, e, like my handle on social, C4, C-W-F-O-R. And I, I think I had a Tumblr at that. And then someone was like, you should brand it. And I was like, all right, what do you want to call it? I'm like, I don't know, it's my Tumblr. So I had Instagram at the time and I just synced everything to it. So I was like, I know beer and other shit, I guess. Like the other stuff as well. So I was like, <laughs> fine. So I just changed it to beer and actually verbatim tumblr.com I bought the beer and other shit.com uh, domain and forwarded there and then it kind of stuck and people kept saying do a book with all the reviews as it kept growing and growing I did a thousand I think by a year a thousand beers in no it was two years initially I've done a thousand in a year since which is absurd so I'm starting to have some problems over here man uh, I have questions about that too. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know how to stop it. It's just. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. So I just kept going, became that beer guy. People said, said to do a book. I was actually starting to seriously talk to people about collating them all together, maybe helping me put it together in a book or something. Um, and then we, my girlfriend and I started listening to podcasts. We own a social media agency as well. That's our full time thing. And, you know, we're listening to podcasts and business and entrepreneurial stuff. She's like, why don't you listen to beer podcasts? I was like, good idea. And I looked around and it was just like, middle-aged dudes talking in very low tones about pale ales and i was like this is this yawn dude there's nothing for me like no one's talking to me your, a, your age group age group like yeah. a 30 something yeah. like i feel like i'm 18 anyway who loves and, great craft beers yeah and just casual and not super nerdy like that's and, right and welcoming i didn't feel welcome with anyone so i was like my friend scott started the 365 thing with me as well we lived together at the time in toronto uh, before i moved here and i was like dude you want to do a podcast he's like well so at the time we didn't have the Zoom like you have. We had my studio, my music studio mic. So I um, had the Valve mic, and on that little external thing, you just put it to infinity, so we could both sit. That's right. Yeah. Next to it, and uh, we just record it at home. He'd come up. We'd do like five thirty-minute, forty-minute episodes in a day. Just pick a beer, pick a topic, talk about it, cuss a lot, <laughs> whatever. Right. Um, that was sort of how it started. Kept going that way. Just started interviewing a few people we knew who were DJs or like rappers and people we knew and stuff and then I, th I can't remember how it even grew it was just totally not a serious thing and then breweries I think we got in touch with one brewery called Sweetgrass in Toronto she was on that was episode 21 I believe and we're up to 140 doing 145 tomorrow so it's, it's amazing going congrats. Pretty quick. congrats thank you sir thank you sir yeah and just kept going from there and breweries I kept we started reaching out I guess and, and meeting different people and it kind of just organically happened it was supposed to be my side project to release the tension of music 
and business because music does my head in and uh, business is always a bit of a nightmare. So it was my fun, creative project that now became a major, major part of what we do. It's kind of strange. What do you think was the defining moment for the BAOS podcast? You know what's weird? I wouldn't even really want to go into it too much because it was negative, but like this one night, it was actually yesterday, three years ago because it came up in my Facebook messages. I was on mushrooms at home, just chilling. Drinking a beer, my friend uh, sent me this sign that said "Cheers, C words" on there, and that's a str- I don't know, probably saying a little bit harsh language for this type of thing. But I took the selfie next. You're, 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 you're from Australia. We, yeah. It's not a bad word. In Australia. No, exactly yeah. right. This dude, and you can say whatever you want. It's it's cunt. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> I was trying to be a little more. No, no, we don't have to. Yet? Okay, cool, but we cool. don't we don't have to. Be okay, cool, yeah, yeah. cool, cool. I was uh, I like to mirror. Yeah. Even though this is your podcast, of I started cussing yes. first. But, um, <laughs> I, I took the photo next to it, and then this dude came and started attacking me. Go, oh, that's not inclusive. Take it down. I'm like, dude, relax. Like, I don't even know who I'm you are. I'm from Australia. I'm from Australia. It's, it's my not a thing. bad. Then he's word. like, it's not a bad word. And he <laughs> went and tagged a whole bunch of people that were Ontario beer writers and stuff. And then started this three day Twitter war. And really? a whole bunch of people hated us because of that, without even giving us a chance. I didn't know any of these people existed. I had no idea there was a beer scene on Twitter, online, or wherever. And um, that caused a whole bunch of problems. But the best part, our numbers went through the fucking roof. It was since beautiful then. Since, since then. then. And he's yeah. Apologized and like regretted. I'm like, yeah, cool. No, you should say thank you. Yeah, yeah thanks, bro. <laughs> you know who he is. Um, so that was the, I think, uh, strangely enough, the defining moment. So we almost, and I, we took the role of the bad guy then. Now, I think there's a couple of people. No, I know there's a couple because people it pops up here and there. People still bring it up. I'm like, are you fucking serious, dude? Like, how did you handle it at the moment? Were you defensive? Uh, or extraordinarily you... defensive. It was me versus like 50 people ganging up on me. Okay. And like, dude, I took it too far and I ended up, and that won it and shut everybody down because I'm like, you can't, like, they're all, uh, to be fair, like, they're pussies. They're all nerds, all these people. And like, you can't fuck with me. Like, I will say things that you will never say. I'm from a, I'm scummier than you. <laughs> I will say way harsher things <laughs> that will make you blush and cry. So I won that because I, they, they left me alone because I would say way harsher things. Um, and uh, that was, and then I was kind of regretted that in hindsight because I let trolls get the better of me. Um, and I tried to not do that now. But we don't really get it anymore. Now it's like, dude, like we get, we're like we're going in a couple of weeks. We work with tourism offices around Virginia, sending us down there for a week. We've worked with Colorado, um, Vermont, uh, Vermont has sent us out to the places. Like we've been A and W sent us out to Winnipeg for a, a, a commercial campaign. Like the brand is now strong, so I can't behave like that anymore. And that was three years ago, and. I don't really regret it because it worked out, but like I wouldn't, I don't feed the trolls anymore. So, yeah, and you see that <laughs> reminder, and you're like, oh yes, yeah. I, and when it came up, it was like it makes me feel sick to be honest. When I saw yeah. the photo, and I wrote the next beer photo was like an explanation of stuff, basically what I <laughs> like. Hey, this is in very calm way, but then because all of these people started like. These are drama. When I, I'm being mean to them because I don't like them, I would normally not say that about somebody else, but they do suck. They're not nice humans. They're miserable. There's, they've just wanted to complain about something, and they still do that now. They're not just complaining about me. There's always a drama in that world. So I, I happen tr- to be I the Trust me, I believe it. From yeah. the world of death metal. Yeah, elitist, same thing. Eh? Elitist death metal. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You know, they, 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 um, long story short, I joined Cryptopsy. I had no idea what I was doing. I was... Um, Metal core singer, they'll say deathcore in 2007. 2007. But they picked me because they wanted me to be different. They wanted them to be different. They wanted their sound to be different. Okay. And I delivered what they wanted. Okay. And the fans hated it. 
So I, I know what trolls are all so about. So they came pretty high to you? And, yes, uh, absolutely. But I've learned over the years to, I try not even to read reviews anymore. Right. Which is a, a tremendously hard thing to do late I at bet. night when you're drunk. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, you want to know what people think about what you're doing. You want to, you, it's your art, it's your creative output. So is this for you as well. And you want to know what people think. You want to know, um, you want to test the li- what the litmus test on the audience and see what, what the vibe is. Mm-hmm. But the negative stuff, yeah, I, it's really, you got to like, look, I'm like, oh, that's like. The worst, the worst thing is though, you can read like 10 positive ones. And you only remember and the negative. And that one negative one <laughs> out of the 10 is the one that you'll remember. And yeah. all the other ones mean nothing. Yeah. Isn't that ridiculous? So I try not to even. Good. Like when we drop a new YouTube video, like when it's the first release of a new, first song of a new release that we're releasing, I like, I'll religiously like watch the numbers and see what's going on. But now at this one I don't even read I no. haven't gone back to like see the new comments cause just put it out and that's who cares it. and I'm gonna move it doesn't on to the next matter, right? yeah. what's it gonna do like is it gonna stop you like it's not gonna change the way if someone's constructively criticizing maybe sometimes sometimes they're right yeah, yeah sometimes <laughs> sometimes very very uh, few and far between I would say <laughs> for the most part back to the podcast yes. uh, you guys do a lot of things you got the male beer yes which I think is just so cool let's talk about that how, how did that all come together so the beer male stuff came about I think the very first one there was the, the, the defunct now they were called Brewster Box or something and they reached out they're like hey if we give you one of the boxes would you do a video on it and we were basically we were told by a market just to bring it back slightly we were told by a, we were just an audio podcast at first and then uh, we were told by a marketer friend that we met uh, to like just, just film it dude like even if it sucks just film it we're like Okay, and we just bought a camera a few months before, so we started filming episode 15 in. Really? And my girlfriend had a 50, I don't know if you know about cameras or if anyone does, but it's a, she had like, we had a Canon T6i, pretty entry level, and we had a 50 millimeter lens handheld. It looked like Blair Witch. It's like <laughs> with no image stabilization, just boom, shaky and shit. And like she had to, the 50s are quite wide, so she had to sit kind of far away to even get like just your head and shoulders in. It was really bad. So we did that, and then we were putting podcasts every two weeks, and we we're like, well, we need videos for every other week. We should do more videos. So we started a thing called Versus, where we were comparing to similar-ish beers or as close as I could to see which one we liked the best. And sometimes I'd do it myself, bring a friend with Scott, whatever. Then the beer mail started with that first one. And then maybe people saw that and just kept sending us beer. Like, And it's got to the point now that it's like... We're going away on Saturday for two weeks for two client campaigns, like one with Virginia. We're doing another one for another client. And like, I'm so stressed because I've got, I'm going to have to bring stuff to Jamaica to do it because I'm, I, I have to, these beers are going to die if I don't yes. do the video. I mean, look, yes. I don't, I'm not expected to. It's PR, right? PR means they're in, they send it to me in the hopes of doing it, but I also need the content. So it's. And, and you want to have a good client relationship. Yeah. I want to keep them happy. And like, the good thing is I don't really get sent bad beers. Like, um, I think they know people, your, they know your palate. They at know this point. they have to, right? If, I, I mean, sometimes you get sent stuff that's not the greatest, but the, the vast, I'm a, I keep it really positive because I just like, you like, I sit in front of them and look these individuals in the eye who are spending half a million, million dollars on building these places and put their heart and soul into this product and this brewery. I, who am I to go and shit on their hopes and dreams by like this beer's trash? Or, like people do that. And, like, yeah, yeah, people absolutely do that. Same as like you said for the music, right? Like you put everything ev- into ev- that. Every beer is good in its own nature. Yeah. What I always say is that everyone has its own. I mean, sometimes there's an objectively bad beer that's off style. That's or, or it's just something has gone wrong with the yeah. the chemicals of it, the, the 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 measurements or the yeah, yeah. and it's, it's a bad turned can or bad bottle. It's turned exactly. Yeah. But I always say, you know what? I know this is well made. It's not for me. But if you're into this exactly. style, yes. give it a try. Yeah. And that's what I find is my 
like no one's really said anything that they think that's more like um, what's the word like a cop out yeah really yeah. I've been trying to be a little more honest lately not that I was dishonest before but maybe trying to be nicer mm-hmm. and I'm, now I'm just sort of like yeah this kind of tastes a bit funny it's not really my thing but whatever like trying to be I'm still not like bashing things but just being a little more like not it, is, everything. it is someone's baby yeah like this yeah. was our baby but if people don't like I don't know I didn't physically put the ingredients in so I'm not offended if people don't like it. I'm like cool you know like a lot of people don't like lactose so whatever that's up to them but yeah the beer mail has become a nice little content thing it's a nice way to promote good beers and I sometimes say if we do a podcast and they'll send us away with beers I'll say yeah I'll do a video and most of the time they're like no 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 don't like you know this is for you you don't have to do that and I'm like I always do because I kind of find it's a waste if not I don't know I just want to always make sure that there's something and and you're pushing the product and they were good to you and Mm. sending more people there yeah and like if if, I don't know I don't really interview not cool people I'm quite lucky I'm sure same as you right like but I I think most brewers it's it's a passion of love it's very close to music I say it all the time you know you spend months crafting an album learning how to play an instrument versus learning how to brew a beer it's, it's very similar a lot of shit goes into making an album making a song a lot of shit goes into making a beer yep more 100%. than people think yes just to sort of just to pour it down the drain yeah right and I like I've, I find that that's that sort of passion maybe because I'm a musician as well I can relate to the passion side because a lot of the time the, the brewers are the artistic type of individuals the um uh, the owners, sometimes they're, they're brewers, sometimes they're just marketers, sometimes they're the money person. So it, everyone has their own motivation for getting into it. But the owner brewers are usually the ones who are like, you know, all heart type of thing. Let's bring it closer to home, closer to me. What 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 is your favorite local brewery? Quebec, Montreal. In Quebec, in Montreal. In Quebec, let's say. In Quebec, uh, probably Brasserie du Bas Canada. Absolutely. Have you had a bunch Com- of their stuff? Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course, course it Absolutely delicious. Yeah, they're exceptional because yeah. that's my you know the haze or whatever is my favorite stuff. Um, I like we were just saying before I really enjoying Brewski's probably my favorite brew pub in Montreal. Um, just because it's beautiful, it's a brand new tap room, high ceilings. Cool right, right, on, right on the old port. Right on the old port. Yeah. Great out uh, in some of this back patio. It's the first summer for it. Um, they've got like a 32 plus beers tonight. It's not just their stuff, hence why we're having this. But generally, they have a bunch of good stuff. It's probably the only I always bitch about. No one in Montreal makes haze mm-hmm. well or regularly. Yeah, and no, I, I can feel that with you. Though. I'm like, maybe a Lagabière, but it's not Lagabier, in Montreal. But they, that's what I'm saying. Exactly. Yeah. So you can go to a dep and get fire. You get Lagabière all the time. You get Boreal Nordesque. Yeah. You, if you're lucky, you'll get Bar Canada. There's a bunch of others as well, but there's no brew pub with a regular uh, New England Local on tap. Haze, except, yeah. yeah, I was. I, although, funnily enough, the one time we're here, they don't have any of their own. They do have catnip though, which is from Quebec catnip? City though. Yeah, not yeah. them. They're fantastic. Um, I would say that and Spas Public to a little, so, uh, somewhat biased because we've done a few yeah, a good relationship with them good relationship but like there's, it's always a fun time it's always way too wild and whenever I people ask me all the time like oh I'm coming to Montreal where do I need to go and I've got this list in my notes in my phone like bam all right, here you go used to it and everyone always says the best time they have is at Atlas Bus because really? it's like I, I've never been you know never been oh yeah. it's like it's total small pubby yeah. uh, cozy um, and it's just I don't know it's wild something about it is like if you want to get Get, like fucked up like <laughs> that's where you gotta go you know? let's transition you know. into that yes Getting, uh, how the relationship i don't know if you're the same as me yep i 
fucking love craft beer. I know you do too. It's a fine line between tasting beers and then getting to that point where you're just drinking it for the sake of it. Yes. How do you handle that? I don't drink. I reckon I wouldn't drink as much if I didn't have to. I'm in a weird position where I have to drink. Um, it's because I have the beer man's first world problems and I'm not complaining but I have to like I finish here I've got these other videos at home and I don't have the largest tolerance so I have to like kind of ask my girlfriend ahead she's trying not to she tries to be keto on the keto diet so not many carbs she breaks it a lot because in summer it's so hard to stick to and with beer and with beer it's like it's impossible she has a wine coffee and spirits platform that's our sister one to BOS that we leverage to um, uh, get the tourism things and stuff like that and she's the producer of the podcast she's the one who's filming and editing anyway so it kind of works out well so I have to go home and I'll be like hey are you cool to like help me tonight because I can't I don't want to drink that or I drain pour him and I don't want to drain pour him because I'm not at that point the brewers are just throwing me down the drain I'm not comfortable. Absolutely, I feel, yeah. I feel like yeah. it's a little ungrateful or something. A lot of them are just like, don't worry about it. I'm like, yeah, I get it, but, you know. So I have to try to, I feel like if I didn't have to, I would drink one or two nights a week for sure. I feel like when I do take breaks, I enjoy the beers better. So much more. And I, I, I just get like palate fatigue or just over it in general. And I try to take one way to balance, I guess, coming back to the original question. Say if I had a regular week where everything was in my control, I would probably do three to four nights off. Like one or two on, one or two off. And just depending on how I'm feeling. So like I didn't drink yesterday. I just, I just my buddy was like, dude, no. So I was like, cool. And I was like, well, I knew this was tonight. So because I'm, you too, yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm seeing that tonight. Let me, uh, I know I'm drinking then. I'll be able to go home, do a couple more videos. Tomorrow night, we're going to go to St. T to interview Alafoot. Nice. And stay there overnight. So then that's going to be a bunch of beer and blah, blah, blah. So I'm trying to like in my head, just like, okay, how can I take the breaks whilst making sure that these beers that I've received don't die? That's so cool. So it's, it's like, a, it's a good problem to have. It's, it's a good it's problem. It's very, very interesting. Yeah. yeah. And I'm then also trying therefore to manage the... That's my next... The was beer what I was thinking. I try to stay in manageable shape. What do you do? I lift weights and walk a lot. Okay. And, but craft beer is just so good. And so the nights good. that I'm not drinking, you know, I, I'm ingesting about... Some nights on it could be close to two thousand calories less. Right, that's <laughs> true because they're probably about five hundred a pop. The ones that we like yeah. are, are like two fifty, three hundred a pop. Minimum. So you're imagining that when we're going out and having five pints, right? It's just adding right up. Yeah. So you're right. When you do, I try to do the same thing. Walk everywhere. We're in live in Milan, so everything's quite walkable. So we try it in summer, like in winter, of course, it sucks. But every day we can. We're trying to make sure we walk as much as we can. Uh, we have a gym. We're in a building, so we have a gym. So we try and get in that as much as we can. Um, and we try not to eat carbs a lot. Yes, because so you're, you're drinking them. You're drinking them. So say yeah. for, we don't buy bread. We very, very rarely buy like chips or snacks like that that are carb-focused. Um, you know, we try and eat like the breakfast is no carbs type of thing. Like maybe with lately we've been a little bit lazy buying it some chips. It's and summertime. It's summer. So like whatever, you know. But yeah, that's usually what I found is like if you're going to be drinking the carbs, cut down on the food. Because basically, of what carbs. beer is is liquid bread. Essentially, yeah. It's uh, got everything we need. <laughs> Why are we even eating? Yeah, but, so then, but then, but then, then, the worst part is too is when I drink, I feel like I have because I eat rather very well. Okay. And I'll like stop eating at a certain time and go to bed, and I'm fine. But if I've been drinking, I have to have an extra meal. Right. So on top of having the extra calories from the beer, from the beer, <laughs> I have an extra two, three hundred from a snack. Right. It's just it, ridiculous. Yeah. You have to though. Like yeah. having the beer, it's like goes well with some whatever it is, whatever your little snack of choice, some sort of chips or some shit, and 
it's uh it's, it's like a hard thing to manage and i think I've, i'm seeing there's like two sort of sides where i'm seeing a lot of people in craft beer you know clearly overweight and probably not so happy about it but i'm seeing also a kind of a wave of uh, maybe uh people who are focusing on fitness now and are um you know trying to you know they're posting a lot on social we have a cl- we had a work with this client in la they're called crowns and hops they're um crowns and crowns and hops they suing ran- them i know right you just <laughs> god damn it they um the two african-americans they ha- they were running this company called dope and dank and that turned into this and they were doing events for people of color to get diversity into beer and then they got a two hundred thousand dollar grant from um brewdog to open a brewery wow. so we helped them with their crowdfunding campaign they got they hit the goal and now they're sort of in the process of building the brewery and um, they started a thing just as we were finishing working with them called like, it's like hashtag summer beer body to lead up to the uh, what's it called 4th of July in the states and they were having like crazy how many people were getting into it showing their workouts sharing the screenshots from their apps from their workout apps and stuff and that was a really cool positive thing for the community I think because it wasn't uh, they have a mixed uh, fan base or follower base but um, we're seeing people everywhere and because sort of like their personal friends before we worked with them a lot of my people because I was in their account I've seen a lot of my friends like share this stuff and hashtag it and tag them and stuff I was like alright this is really cool like it's 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 crossing borders. It's it's really getting people focusing on fitness and sort of like you know that another hashtag is like earn your beer. Yeah, I love that. I think that's so positive, man. And I think if it's you can a work real... out and then you can drink a beer, yeah, it balances out. Exactly it, and, and that would be beautiful. And breweries should be encouraging it. And I think that's yes. why it was cool that they did it because they're a burgeoning brewery about to open next year, and to be focusing on the fitness of their you know clientele. You know, at the end of the day, that's you, know, you got to keep them alive. You can't just be shoving beer down people's faces for right? longer. Like, <laughs> yeah, for longer. They can drink from, drink more, drink for me longer. So yeah. I, I think that's a really cool movement that's been happening lately, and it's inspired me too. Something that I used to do that, well, my podcast has only been started since it's going to be a year soon. Yeah, um, the 50s, I yeah. used to do a sober month per year. Okay. And now I feel like I, this year no I felt point. like I couldn't. No, because you're probably too deep in this. Or I'd have to do it with every interview I do for a certain month. I'd have to bring them non-alcoholic beer and then share that with people. Well, what I heard, and I, just to give you some, make your life a little bit easier, I, I saw this dude who was like a major beer writer in Ontario was talking about instead of doing dry January or whatever it is, um, take two days off per week. And that was that to be 104 <laughs> days a year versus Which the 31 being, days in yeah. January. So I t- I've tried to go the three to four days a week when, like I said, when things are in my control, when things are crazy and I've got shit to do, it is what it is. But if you just try and keep like, if you, when you don't have interviews, you know, I've got two interviews this week, so I got to have at least like three days off when I'm not able to. And if you're in the city, you're on tour, you're about to go on, I'm sure you could probably figure it out where even if you, there's a brew pub, like, ah, I'll get stuff to go instead of drinking there and I'll save it for the next thing or whatever. So there's like, I feel like there's a constant like... That's cool then. That's a good idea. Shuffling. But that might take the pressure off you to be like, dude, those dry months, they don't work. You're just annoyed the whole time. And like, (laughs) it's like... I wouldn't drink non-alcoholic beer when I did. What do you think? About have you had beer? Yeah, I have have Le Bacale is the best. It's by far the best, but it tastes like water, watery, sparkling hot water, yeah. which yeah. is dope. It's yeah. So good. Like I want that for breakfast. I have some alcoholic friends and I've 
turned them towards that. Yeah, to try and balance it out of it. Then they they enjoy. They it. like it. Yeah, yeah. They enjoy it was it. surprisingly good. And they've got the um, they do uh, the stout. And I think there's a stout is actually Sounds not good. so bad. The, the, yeah. the Berliner Weiss works because Berliner was the other one because it's, it's already light as it is. Like right. The IPA I can't handle. I need a, a strong IPA. Strong one. I, I only the have Echo the Echo is good though. Yeah, Echo. They're on your yeah. client too. I was actually. very surprised. Yeah. Nice. Good. I'm glad you tried that. Yes, they're our client. They actually hired our company they're recently really for their yeah. launch, and yeah. they sold out all their beer in 1.5 days. I was so proud of them. Wow. Such good guys, man. They were hustling. Awesome. And they were a contract brewery and they like weren't too sure and they were listening to everything we said and that on the marketing side of things, like breweries It looks good too. Tend that, that. to suck, yeah. That wasn't us because we were consulting and, and strategy for these guys. Um, the guy, one of the, the owners are um, T V directors, like they direct programs right. on, on Quebec television. That's why the shots are That's why great. the shots are exceptional, yeah. right? Because he walks around with a 5D like everywhere <laughs> he goes. So their shots are sick, but he listens to everything. And breweries, for some reason, don't take marketing seriously. Coming back to what we said before about... Um, the owners being brewers. If there's an owner brewer, they don't care about marketing. They think like the brewer, they'll come. It's yes, a craft. like a musician. Like a musician. I'm going to put out a great album. I don't Everyone's need a label. Everyone's going to listen, man. Yeah. Like, Dude, no. I mean, you don't need a label technically, but it would help. Uh, at least for distro and marketing or whatever. But people don't. a lot of people don't understand how important social is and what impact that actually has on your business and growing that community around your brand and controlling your brand's... Um, uh, like... The, the conversation around it, whether it's positive or negative online, if something's negative, you need to address it and take ownership. And if it's positive, you need to give them uh, reass not reassurance, like, what's the word? I don't know. Like, go if someone's saying, hey, man, like, I'm loving this beer, go be like, hey, like the comment, be like, hey, yeah. oh, yeah, thanks show, for Show them your gratitude. Yeah, you, thank yeah. you. Be grateful and just engage with the people who are bothering to talk about your product or post about your product at Pro all times. They'll become a, a ambassadors for your brand. Yeah. That's what you want. Exactly. Yeah. And, then, yeah. and then you have this like beer people are like that. They like taking pictures of it. They like knowing the brewer. Like if they get to yes. own, meet the owner or the brewer, it's like a point it's like of a pride. Thing. Yeah, yeah, it really yeah. is. Yeah. And the brewer, they're, a lot of them are just like, sure, whatever. Like, <laughs> I'll they're probably like, introverted, nerdy dudes. A lot of them yeah, are. Yeah. <laughs> in, the, in the coolest way possible. Yeah. As opposed to the bad way on the Twitter people. Um, <laughs> but the brewer was generally like they're cool as hell man like they like they're just trying to make a good product and they're grateful when people enjoy it and i think that's a consistent thing so like the marketing around beer is uh, something that like we're passionate about because it's so it's such a like a low-hanging fruit and so many um breweries and wineries as well we notice uh miss the boat completely it's very uh it's a shame but that's what we're trying to do on our business side is work with as many breweries as we can to you know help them set their game up and, and you're right in the loop with everything yeah it's it's not really that difficult i mean maybe for me it's not because it's like second nature i guess but like once they get into the swing of it it's just you got to make it a part of your day-to-day -day habits or whatever it is whether it's you getting your team to do it or you get an external person to do it but it's just got to be done and done properly you're missing opportunities and you want to grow and craft is growing we need to beat out these big boys right like so the only way to do it is to attract more people to keep letting people know about it and not more diverse you know, there's only so many white dudes with beards you can get drinking beer so we have to get everybody involved in good beers for everybody. So we need to, like, breweries really need to think about this. And that's why someone from the Spas has been talking to us about, like, on a casual basis, like, how do we do it? He's like, actually, listen. They're like, yo, what do we do? And no one else has said that to us. Like, how do we get everyone in? And we're like, we don't know either. But, like, we got a few ideas. So we're trying to sort of encourage using the sort of relationships that we have with breweries. And also because of the podcast, we get to talk to them in a way that most people don't. So trying to like, you know, 
point point the the industry in the best possible direction, however we can. It's, it's fucking cool, yeah, man. Do what we can. How did you develop your lingo, your descriptions? When describing beers. Repetition over time. I have no idea what I'm doing even to this day. <laughs> Someone asked me the other day, like, hey, you got any tips for reviews? I'm like, I don't know. You just say shit what you think. Like, like I, I read other people's stuff and I listen to what other much smarter people than me say, particularly because I sit with the brewers and hang out with them for hours. So I get to hear what they say. I've got a few friends who are beer writers. They use much bigger words than I do because I'm doing, you'll see, I'll write it really quickly here while we're having a beer having a conversation whilst I'm having the conversation with you and cool put my phone down and keep going so I'm not like soaking it up like some other reviewers are so I want to do the BJCP the beer judge certification um, program or whatever I didn't know that was a thing yeah so basically if you want to judge beer award uh, like a beer award contest or whatever you have to oh funnily enough right behind you is Derek the brewer that's hilarious and uh, Zach from Porno that's hilarious um if you want to judge it, you need to have um, you need to be certified. So there's like a, they teach you like off flavors, like how to identify diacetyl and like all the other negative aspects of a beer to show that it's off. You need to, um, I think they get you to actually what it, what it is. There anything with BJCP? It's like in a box, true to style. So like if something funky and fun like this creamsicle sour is not going to win shit. No, because it doesn't fall into the it box. Doesn't, and the, it doesn't fall enough, right? I mean, it might if there's some sort of other category that somehow it squeezes in. A funky sour Yeah, right. Category, maybe. Yeah. Maybe fruited sours. Yeah. It could actually. Now I think about it. But it's yeah, a lot of like this, the stuff that maybe you and I would enjoy, a lot of it wouldn't be winning awards um, because it needs to fit certain style guidelines. And that's what the BJCP is. So I was considering doing that. I think it's less than a thousand dollars to get certified to do the course and then there's like the Cicerone which is the American one the Prudhomme which is the Canadian one uh, and there's levels of that I, and then I don't know how much I really care but I was just wanted like a lot a deeper knowledge of it wouldn't help I'm not really I've judged homebrew contests before but I wouldn't be able to judge a real thing because I you know really go do I like it do I not like it exactly is yeah. it bad yeah. like blah 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 so that's generally how I would come up with it just trying to like soak up as much knowledge and just pay attention to people much smarter than I am. It's a long, long way from your first beer. It really is. Like the <laughs> first beer I did on the review was Moosehead, which I liked, Moosehead. I think, at the time. Yeah. From the beer number one, I'm going to do beer 5,000 next week. Wow. So I'm trying to find something good for that. I've got something. The only thing I have in, because I was supposed to go to Jamaica on Saturday, I'm still trying to waiting for the confirmation, but I have to make sure I bring something to do it there because I want to take some sort of epic photo and yes. I don't have any crazy stuff in my cellar that would be appropriate for a, a thousand beer so I got like someone I did a trade the other day got an other half equilibrium triple IPA so I guess that's pretty fire I heard it was really good it's called Shook Ones Part 2 so it's a hip hop reference which I enjoy <laughs> so I might do that one I'm thinking since this will come out long after the 5,000 beer I guess, definitely. guess you guys could take a look and find out yes so yeah just repetition over time keep doing it keep drinking just write what you think and maybe someone will tell you something better it's beautiful well Craig thank you so much for sitting down with me pleasure brother drinking a beer yes cheers cheers to the creamsicle yeah be out of the vacances it's delicious thank you so much Craig thanks man cheers hey what's up everybody thank you so much for listening right to the end Craig I love you brother 
Uh, we have subsequently, since recording this conversation, Craig has had me on the BAOS podcast, and I will include the link to that in the description. It was such such a great, great chat, such a great night. We went on for three and a half hours. We tasted eight delicious, unbelievable beers. You guys should check that out. It's almost like an extension to this conversation. Craig uh, also influenced me and uh, encouraged me to start hitting up some local brewers, which I have done, and I've started releasing my Vox and Hops Brewer Talks. On Tuesday, I have two of them which have been released. You should check them out. I have one from Matera Brasseur Tonnelier, and I also just released one with Sean from Avant Garde Artisan Brasseur. Excellent interviews, excellent people, and an excellent idea from the great Craig from the Beer and Other Shit podcast, the BAOS podcast. Make sure you check out the other episode that I dropped today with Casper, the guitarist of Hate Sphere. Super interesting chat. Super interesting chap. I hope you have a great weekend. I hope you have a great week. And remember to enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. Cheers, Fox and Opsets. One Hit Thunder is a podcast where we both celebrate and have a good laugh about bands and artists that had just one hit that we all know. Each week, we're joined by a guest from the world of music or comedy to learn more than you ever thought you would about some songs that you can't forget. And we decide if they brought the One Hit Thunder or were nothing more than a One Hit Blunder. Look, if you listen to the show, you're probably going to laugh, and I guarantee you're going to crush next time the bar has music trivia. Tag Team, Jane Child, Meredith Brooks, Looking Glass, Sean Mullins, Eiffel 65, EMF, Crash Test Dummies, Crazy Town, Chumbawamba. We have hundreds of episodes in our back catalog and a new episode each week. So pass the duchy, make sure you're connected, and subscribe to One Hit Thunder wherever you get your pods.